Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you here today as we're worshiping. I want to say hi to everybody watching online and hi to everybody at Bacala and Bishopville. Uh, we're in this message series entitled Decide or Default. And it's based on this very simple idea. Either you will decide the, de- to develop your soul or that decision will default to someone else. Now, to, to, to help us think about developing our soul, we've been thinking about some specific questions. Questions like, will I be spiritually curious? Who will I follow? And today, a very important question, who do I identify with? Who do I identify with? Now, why is this question so important? Because all of us identify with somebody. When our culture right now, we call it branding. And that means that there are choices that you make that really determine your identity. And and so let's just do a little poll real quick to kind of figure out who you identify with, okay? So, and if you're watching online, you can do this. If you're in the room at Pacal or Bishopville, or if you're in this room, I I, I want you to raise your hand to indicate your identity. So we're gonna start real easy. Cake or pie? Okay, all cake people, raise your hand. Pie people? Both? Yeah. That's a Baptist in the crowd. All right, chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla? Chocolate. Oh, chocolate in a runaway. That tells us something. All right, now, uh, so, beach or mountains? Beach? Mountains? Okay, good, good. All right, here's the hard one. Clemson or Carolina? Clemson? Carolina? All right, go Gators. Yeah, all right, there we go. All right, Um, now this one really is just for the guys. This is for the guys. Trucks, Chevy, Chevy GMC, okay. Fords, okay. Dodge, a couple, yeah boy, kind of some people way out, out on the fringe. Toyota, Nissan. Okay, a couple of things. Yeah, I'm not even sure those are real trucks because they're made overseas. <laughs> I know, that, that's just a terrible thing to say. Uh, now, this matters. Why does all this matter? It matters because your identity is determined by who you identify with. Isn't that true? I mean, that's what your mama taught you. She said, be careful who your friends are because that's who you become. Who you identify with determines your identity. They did a study of gangs in Los Angeles to try to figure out why somebody would join a gang. And here's what they found. The gangs would target the misfits, the people who didn't fit anywhere else. And they would accept them, and they would say, you belong. Oh yeah, you gotta do some things. But their method of recruitment, if you will, was radical acceptance. Be a great idea for the church to try. Here's what I know, if you don't make decisions about developing your soul and your identity, it will default to somebody else. And you may not like the consequences of where you wind up. They did an interview with one of these gang members in prison. And this is what he said. He said, I I joined the gang because I wanted to belong, but I never thought that being in a gang would make me land in prison. And you wanna go, duh. But listen to what the guy's really saying. What he's saying is that the power of being accepted 
the power of choosing an identity is so great, I didn't even think about long-term consequences. Now, when we think about soul development, one of the reasons this is critical right now is because the fastest growing religious group in America are the nuns. Now, not N-U-N-S, but the N-O-N-E-S. When they ask people, what's your religious affiliation, the fastest growing group are people who say, none, I don't have one. It's growing at 1% a year, and it's been doing that for the last 25 years. It's the fastest growing religious group in America. And we tend to think, well, these people must be atheists, but they're not. There's a guy who's a researcher named Ryan Berge. Uh, he says most of this group is not, are not atheists. They just don't want a religious identity. Why? Well, Andy Stanley says the number one reason that people don't go to church is because they've been. And they've been hurt. They've been burned. They've been condemned. They've been judged. They got caught in the middle of a church fight. Didn't want anything to do with it. And maybe that describes you. Maybe that's why you're still a little bit leery, weary. You know, it's like, I'm not so sure about this whole church thing. Last time I got involved in church was not a good experience. But even among the nuns, and maybe even among you who are kind of not sure about the whole church thing, Jesus is still pretty fascinating. There's something so amazing about his teaching, something so amazing about his death on the cross dying for the sins of the world, and something so transforming about his resurrection where he comes back to life that it makes us all still pause and, and think about Jesus. And that's what I want us to do today, to look at who Jesus identified with, why he identified with that group of people, and what it means for us. So if you have a Bible, turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 13 and go through verse 17, Matthew chapter three. It goes like this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. So, so here's the first thing to notice, and that is who Jesus identified with. Now, let me give you some background. In the time of Jesus, um, if you wanted to become a Jew... That was problematic because Jews were born into Judaism. It was a nationality. It was a race. But occasionally, Gentiles would say, I'm just so enthralled with this God of the Jews, I want to become a Jew too. So this is what would happen. You would be examined by a priest about your knowledge of the, the Jewish law and teaching. Then you would shave all the hair off of your body. Yes, all the hair. And then you would go into a baptistry located in the temple. Some scholars think it was publicly. You would go into the baptistry naked and be baptized as a sign of your new identity. Aren't you glad we don't baptize naked people anymore? <laughs> what it was is a way to say I was an outsider, but now I'm an insider. 
Well, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, comes along, and he has this radical message that baptism is not about coming into a racial group or a nation. Baptism will be about your relationship with God. So he preached a baptism of repentance. And when the chief priests and the teachers of the law came out to see and hear John, because it was quite a spectacle, he looked at them and said, you are a bunch of snakes. You're the ones who need to be in the water. Now, now think how radical this is. John is saying to the ultimate group of insiders, you're outsiders, and you need to be baptized to be inside. What John's really saying is, hey, who your daddy is doesn't determine your relationship with God. It's actually about your repentance. Huge idea. Radical idea. So Jesus comes to be baptized, and John knows who he is. They were family when they were kids. They would have seen each other at family reunions. They would have played together. And I can just imagine, this is not in the Bible, but I can imagine a conversation going like this. John saying to Jesus, my birth was a miracle. My mom and daddy couldn't have any children. Then my daddy saw an angel, and then my mom and daddy got pregnant with me, and I was born. And Jesus saying back to John, you really want to play that game? So John knows that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. He doesn't really understand all it means. So John tries to prevent Jesus from being baptized. And there's something real interesting in Greek. It doesn't make good English, but it's very powerful. It's a very powerful idea. In Greek, this literally says that Jesus came to be baptized under John. It's a sign that Jesus was going to be humble. And John says, no, 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 I need to be baptized under you. What is Jesus doing here? Who is he identifying with? Well, to really understand, we have to go back to the first chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, which you all remember from Christmas. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus' baptism is Jesus saying, I identify with people. I identify with sinners. This is what Emmanuel means. By being baptized, Jesus identifies with all the broken people in the world who need a new life. Think about this, think about this. Jesus begins his baptism among a bunch of sinners, even though he had never sinned. And Jesus will end his ministry dying on a cross between two sinners never having sinned. Now, if you're a broken person like me, this is good news. It means Jesus actually understands you. Whether you broke yourself or somebody else broke you, Jesus understands. Jesus understands what it is like to face temptation. And Jesus faced temptations that you never even dreamed of and he faced the temptations you face. Jesus would have been tempted to lie. He was a contractor, might have been tempted to steal, might have been tempted one day to tell Mary and Joseph, you, you're not the boss of me, because they weren't. J- Jesus might have even been tempted to hate. He never gave in. 
We know that Jesus knew what it was like to be betrayed by a friend. He knew what it was like to be hungry, knew what it was like to wonder where his next meal was coming from. He knew what it was like to be tired, to lose a friend to death, to see his mother in pain. Jesus knew what it was like to see people suffering. He knew what it is like to, to deal with racial hatred and bigotry. He understands the power that people have to make decisions about your life and you're helpless to control them. Jesus understands what it means to be punished for something you didn't even do and even to be punished for doing something right. Jesus understands. And this is why you need to read the Gospels because that will help you understand that Jesus understands. But Jesus doesn't just come to earth to identify with us. There's something that goes on at the end of the story. Jesus comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove, not a dove, but like a dove. And the voice of our Heavenly Father speaks. And we can only imagine what it sounded like and says, this is my son. I am well pleased with him. I love him. Now, followers of Jesus believe that God exists eternally as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Sometimes outsiders say, well, you believe in three gods. No, we believe in one God, one God who exists as three persons, and that's how he reveals himself. And they say, well, that doesn't make sense. And it was like, well, wait a minute. We're talking about how God's personality works. All of you who are married, do you understand how the personality of your spouse works? It's, it's real funny. All, all the women are going, no. And all the men are looking at their wives, honey, do I understand how your personality works? Right? I mean, if we can't understand each other, how in the world are we ever going to understand how God's personality works? It's a completely different thing than, than what we can even fathom. But look at this glimpse, it's so powerful. The Holy Spirit wants to be with the Son. The Son wants to do the right thing for the Father. The Father says, I love this, my Son. I'm pleased with him. Wouldn't you like to be part of that circle? You see, what we're looking at is God's soul. And yes, God has a soul. We have a soul, we are a soul, and that's what it means for us to be created in the image of God. And God's soul is perfect, it is whole, it is pure. And we get a picture of Jesus not just identifying with people, but he is Emmanuel, he is God with us. And so Jesus' baptism means that Jesus is revealed to be the Son of God. At Jesus' baptism, He is revealed to be God. He has all the power of God, but more important, he has all the love and all the connection of God. So just as at his birth, at his baptism, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Why does Jesus choose to identify this? This is is who he identifies with. He identifies with us. He identifies with our Heavenly Father. Now why? Why is this so important? When John protests to Jesus, Jesus responds that he needs to be baptized to fulfill fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus is not saying, well, this is sort of a good idea. He is saying, no, this is absolutely 100% the right thing to do. Why? 
takes humility. I don't think we really understand how much humility it takes to leave the throne of heaven and come down to earth and assume a human body. But that's what Jesus does. Why should you be baptized? It's a good thing to be humble. I've talked to people and they say, why do I need to be baptized? Well, number one, Jesus was. Number two, Jesus said that you were supposed to. And number three, it's the right thing to do because number four, it shows you're humble. Have you ever noticed how humbling baptism is? I mean, we take people into the water and then they've got to trust the baptizer. I've had people in there, they just shake. It's like, I haven't dropped anybody ever. And I did that with one person right before we went. I said, I've never dropped anybody. And they looked at me and said, Pastor, there's always a first time. It's like, no, no, no. You're taking a step. That's what Jesus did. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. You see, until you're humble, you're not really going to get the whole impact of Jesus until you actually admit, hey, I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven. And this is the sign I'm going to take to show that, that this is real. You're, you're not going to get the whole impact. In his baptism, Jesus is setting the example of humility. But Jesus is also identifying with God in this, remember? And what Jesus is doing is actually enacting what will happen to him in real life. That Jesus will walk down into death. He will be buried. He really was dead. He wasn't just unconscious. And then he will come out of that tomb just like somebody comes out of the water. And here's what I know from having seen hundreds of people baptized. When you come out of the water, you look different. I rem- Do you remember when women used to pile their hair up? Way on top of their heads. Y'all remember this? We had a lady we were baptizing years ago who had that kind of hairdo. And she wore that hairdo into the baptistry and I baptized her. And when she came up, she didn't have that hairdo anymore. Because you're different when Jesus enters your life. And this is one of the reasons why you, if you are a follower of Jesus, you need to be baptized. This is why it matters. It is a picture of what God is actually doing in your life. That you have made the decision that you're going to give your life to Jesus. So you've walked into the water. Then you're going to be buried with him. You are letting the old you die. And then you're going to come up to new life. You are a different person. Will you still sin? Yes but now you're going a new direction. That's why in our baptistry, you cannot see it, but when you come out of the baptistry, there's a big sign that says, baptism is the beginning of the adventure of taking your next steps with Jesus. Jesus' baptism is a picture of God's redemption, and that's why it matters. That's why he does it. Now, last thing to understand. What identity does Jesus offer you? Now, you can default to all the other identities, or you can actually choose an identity with Christ. Well, Jesus invites you to join with him, to give your sins, your old way of living, to him, to be identified with him, and then to walk in a new direction. And the same Holy Spirit that descended upon Jesus now will be in you and will be at work in your life. That that Holy Spirit will guide you That Holy Spirit will comfort you. That Holy Spirit will convict you. God will be at work in your life. 
Baptism is the sign of your new identity. It is saying to everyone who can witness the event, this matters. But we need to be real clear that first you get the identity, then you take the sign. My youngest daughter got engaged about a month ago. So from here on out, we'll be taking two offerings in every service. Um, the young man she is marrying uh, did come to me and ask my, my blessing on the marriage. And, uh, and he kept saying, I, I just really love her. I love her. And it's like, well, that's good. You're going to need to. All right? Because if you don't love her, I have a gun. I have some land, a backhoe. They'll never find you. And I've got money for lawyers. So we're good. I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I thought it. I, I just didn't say it. But, well, here's the, the thing. that The young man asked me, and then it, it was a little bit longer before he actually popped the question. And when he did, when he asked her to marry her, him, when he asked her to marry him, what he was really asking is, is will you assume a new identity? Will you be my wife? That's a new identity. And then she put the ring on. Sarah did not buy a ring and then go around looking for a guy. First the new identity, then the sign. Let me tell tell you what the state highway department doesn't do. They don't erect a historical marker and then say, we hope something happens here one day. What they do is they say, something happened here. This is the sign. So let me make sure we're clear about Jesus offering you this identity what baptism is and isn't. A baptism doesn't save you. Some people think it does, it doesn't. The thief on the cross was not baptized and Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. So the amount of water, that, that doesn't do anything. Um, here's the second thing you need to know about baptism. It is not a preventative against hell. You do what I do, you have to do funerals, you meet with a family, you ask them some questions about what memories they'd like to share, and I always ask them, tell me about this person's faith journey. Sometimes the stories are wonderful, but sometimes the family will look at me and kind of just wide-eyed, and they've talked to me about how the guy loved fishing and, and how he was a good granddad, and when I ask about faith journey, they'll kind of be stumped, and they'll say, well, he was baptized, I think, when he was little. What comes after that? Well, I'm not real sure. He never really talked a lot about it. You know, I, I don't know anybody's eternal destiny. That's only a matter between that person and God. But here's what I want you to know. Just because you got baptized when you were a kid doesn't mean you have a relationship with Jesus. First, you assume the identity. Then you take the sign. Uh, some of you were baptized as infants, and you say, well, what does that mean? Okay, let me tell you a little background. In the Bible, there are no stories about infants being baptized, none. But in the world of Jesus, if the dad made a decision, it was assumed that all the people in the household made the same decision. You know, it was called the authority of the father. And because of that, about 150 A.D. to about 200 A.D., Christians started baptizing infants. Because if dad was a Christian, it was automatically assumed that all the kids would be Christians. 
Now, let's fast forward. Today, is dad's word the rule of law? Well, let me just check. All the dads in the room. Have you ever made a decision and told your family this is the way it's going to be and nothing happened? Of course you have had exactly that experience, especially if you have teenagers. We believe that everybody has to decide for themselves if this is their identity, if this is what they choose. A parent can't choose it for a child. We want to. I'm already praying for my grandson every night to accept Jesus. But he, 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 all he knows right now is mom and dad and his grandmother and his very handsome grandfather. <laughs> Something else to know um, about following Jesus. You really need to understand some fundamentals. You need to understand that you're a sinner. You need to understand that you need forgiveness. You need to decide to follow Jesus. I was once talking with these two brothers. One was seven, one was four. The four-year-old wanted to go with the big brother because he hero-worshipped him. And the big brother wanted to be baptized. And so I asked him some questions I ask every child. You know, tell me why you want to be baptized. I want to be a Christian. Have you ever invited Jesus into your life? Yes. When did you do it? When you were preaching one day, Pastor Clay. I'd like to hear that. Well, what does it mean to have Jesus in your life? And this, this seven-year-old, he knew the answer. He said, it means that my sins are forgiven. Well, tell me about sin. What is sin? Sin's when you do something wrong. Have you ever done anything wrong? He hung his head. He said, yes, Pastor Clay, I have. I said, well, tell me, one of your sins. I lied to my mama. Okay, I won't tell her. But okay, you know, okay, you, you get it. And you understand that Jesus forgiving you takes that sin away. Yeah, I, I understand, Pastor Clay. This is great. That kid's ready to be baptized. And then the little brother goes, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. And so I send the big brother out, and now it's just me and the four-year-old. So I say to the four-year-old, why do you want to be baptized? Because my brother's getting baptized. Okay, have you ever asked Jesus into your life? He thinks real hard. He's heard his big brother answers. He says, yes. I said, have you ever sinned? He kind of looks confused. I said, have you ever done anything wrong? He says, nope. <laughs> Thought it'd help him out a little bit. I said, have you ever lied? Nope. <laughs> have you ever disobeyed your mom and dad? Nope. <laughs> ever taken anything that didn't belong to you? Nope. Ever taken a toy away from one of your playmates? Nope. Are you ready to be baptized? No. It's not all connecting yet, right? Now, the really sad thing is, is I know some 40-year-olds who are kind of the same way. you have to actually come to that point of humility and say, I need Jesus. People sometimes will say to me, I just don't think I'm good enough to be baptized. I want to say to them, well, you're not. Nobody is. You're baptized because you identify with Jesus because of what Jesus has done in your life. And here's what I know. Probably some people in this room, probably some people watching online, some people at Pacala in Bishopville. You've asked God to forgive your sins. If I were to ask you, do you follow Jesus? You'd say, yeah, I, I do. I try every day. And then I would ask, have you ever been baptized? You'd say, well, no, no, I really never have. I want to encourage you today to really think about identifying with Jesus. Identifying with Jesus as an adult. 
Because here's really the fundamental point I'd like to, to convey to you, that Jesus identified with you. Isn't it time for you to identify with Jesus? To say to as many people as you can, yeah, I'm one of those. I am a Jesus follower. That's my identity. When we do this, we are humble like he is. We are participating in God's redeeming work. And if you've never taken this step and you believe, it's time. And so, in a little bit, we're going to have a prayer. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. And I'm going to go to the next step room and Maybe you need to come to that next step room and say, you know, I believe, but I've just never been baptized. Let us talk with you about what that means. Or maybe you've never accepted Jesus and you'd really like to. Well, I'd like to share with you how that, what that means for you. You might be a believer and you say, well, I've done that, Clay. I mean, I have, I've, I've accepted Christ and I'm a, I've been baptized. And so what am I supposed to do? Live in your baptism. Live it out. Know that you are loved profoundly by your heavenly father. Live in that grace. Jim Dennison is an acquaintance of mine. Uh, when he was in college, he went to be a summer missionary in East Malaysia. And the little church he attended, they had a baptism service. And this teenage girl came forward uh, to be baptized. And she was baptized, the service went on, there was singing, there was rejoicing, there was the message. But Jim had noticed that there was some old battered luggage on leaning up against the wall of the church, little church there. And after the service, he went up to the pastor and he said, whose luggage is that? The pastor just looked at Jim and said, that belongs to the young teenage girl we just baptized. Why did she bring her luggage to her baptism? And the pastor said, her father said that if she was baptized as a Christian, she could never go home again. So she brought her luggage. It takes courage to identify with Jesus. Let's never forget that. And let's be courageous enough to do it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I'm, I want to thank you for the courage of that young teenage girl who's willing to be baptized as a sign of her faith. And I want to pray for that courage to be upon each of us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, Father, I know that there are believers who've not yet taken this sign of baptism. And today, they, they need to take this identity this sign of their identity. Would you give them the courage to do that? And God, I know there must be some people who are listening who, who may have never invited Jesus into their life today. Father, may they come, accept Christ, and declare their willingness to follow him. And God, I know there's a lot of people in this room like me. We believe and we've been baptized Remind us to be courageous enough to always identify with you, no matter who we're around, no matter what's going on. Thank you. Thank you for Emmanuel, for Jesus, coming to be with us. Now, Father, help us to identify with him. In his name we pray.